Hey, Cracked fans. With the summer months just around the corner, we know all of you are beginning to think about how you can best maximize your chances to improve your game with the warm weather. Well, thankfully, we here at Cracked Rackets are so excited to tell all of you about the 254 Tennis Camp happening this summer at Baylor University. Now, over the course of three weeks in June, starting June 12th through the 16th and ending June 26th through the 30th, you'll have the opportunity to learn from from some of the best coaches in the business in an all-encompassing tennis experience. You'll have the opportunity to improve each and every part of your game, whether that be on the singles court, whether that be on the doubles court, through drilling, through point play, match play as well. You'll also, of course, receive a free t-shirt for participating in the camp, but also have the chance to see yourself broadcasted as our Crack Rackets team will be providing coverage of the final day each week at this 254 tennis camp. Again, you'll have the opportunity to learn from some of the best coaches in the business. I promise Coach Michael Woodson and the Baylor team going to make it an extraordinarily enjoyable time. How can you get signed up today? Well, you can learn more information by visiting the Baylor website by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp. Again, that's baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp to sign up today. Now, this camp open to any and all entrants, but limited only by age, number, grade level, and or gender. Again, you can learn more about this camp by going to baylor.edu slash athletics slash tennis camp today. Don't miss out, folks. Going to be three very exciting, fun weeks of tennis down at Baylor University. Be sure to sign up for the 254 Tennis Camp happening at Baylor today. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, April 26th. If it's a Tuesday, you know what we've got for all of you listeners today. Another edition of Tennis Point Tuesdays, where we break down not only the latest and greatest equipment in the tennis industry right now, but of course the latest and greatest results happening across the tennis world. And joining me on today's show, as he always does for our Tennis Point Tuesday segment, it's our friend from over at Tennis Point. Sadly, no longer in person, but back on Zoom. It's my guy, Nate Walrith. Nate, welcome back to the show. I miss seeing your smiling face in person. I'll take the Zoom, though. You look good, as always. How are you doing? It's Tuesday, my man. And uh, no, last, last week was a lot of fun. We got it. We'll have to do that again. And I think it worked out well. It looked, looked good on camera. You guys captured it and put it on YouTube. So that was a lot of fun, and I hope, hope people enjoyed it. It was thoroughly enjoyable and to get the chance to be back in a tennis shop, to just be engrossed in that tennis environment. I think there was a smile on both of our faces the entire time. I think, yeah, that was cool to see like someone else coming in, like you've never been there before. So just like watching you even have that shock value that just like, wow, this is where we push out all this tennis gear all over the country. And it's like, you can, you can touch everything. You see everything. So then in the showroom is it's got a new look. So you never saw where it came from, but um, it's, it looks, I think it looks like amazing. So it's fun. funny. One of the most frequent questions my friends ask me is Alex, do you even like tennis still? Because I'm always watching and always talking about there's like, there's no way you actually are still enjoying this sport. If you see the look on my face in the tennis <laughs> shop, as I'm looking at all of the rackets and all of the gear, I think you can see pretty clearly. I still do love tennis. Like I'm very fortunate. No, for I, one, one of the stringers walked up to me 
on Monday morning. He was like, uh, he's, uh, he's like, man, that, that whole thing I watched on YouTube, he's like, that was, that was cool. He's like, that guy loves tennis. He goes, I'm going to watch that. He's, that guy loves tennis. He goes, he goes, I never knew someone could just talk about tennis. Like, like with that energy for two hours. He's like, I was listening. He's like, that's he's like, that guy's crazy. I was like, dude, Groskin is, uh, he's, he's made different. So. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Look, yeah. some people are not fortunate. You have to, to like to-, to do what you do to do anything yeah. like in the, yeah, you have to love what you do every day. And that's, I think that's why, like, when I met you, I was like, yeah, this guy's he, he loves tennis. That's, that's I appreciate you saying that. That's at least the vibe I try to give off. I will say this. Yeah, to do this, you better love this sport. I feel like it's my obligation to be enthusiastic about the sport, to have the privilege to get to talk about it day in, day out. And yeah, I mean, I had a different job, not in the tennis industry, <laughs> and I can tell you this is better. <laughs> so yeah, it's easy to enjoy this. Uh, and again, I appreciate you guys embracing us and uh, giving Westoff and I the tour, showing us behind the scenes look. It was very, very, again, I could have spent all day in the back in the inventory section, just looking through all of the mm-hmm. rackets, all the different clothing items. I could have nerded out for another another six hours. If I didn't have to come back to do another crack racket show uh we would have stayed there probably you would have found yeah. me sleeping in you know by c2 uh the next morning <laughs> like, what's he doing back there uh but with all of that said of course it's great to have you back on the show for another tennis point tuesday and as yep. always for all of you listeners who are looking to update your own equipment and i will say this guess who just got a new pair of shoes from nike via tennis point it's me alex gruskin and guess what they led us to a victory in our industrial league championship on saturday Look, sometimes the equipment does make the difference. My feet just, it had ripped holes in my old shoes. They were unplayable. Updating the shoes, it made the difference. I had this beautiful, I slid on a hard court, which does not happen often. And when I did it, I was like, that was an accident. I was like, I didn't mean to do that. But I made a tweener off of it. It was <laughs> no. it was delightful. It was wow. the shoes. It was not the Alex. It was 100% the shoes. And look, again. So, being, so you would have uh, won the Technifiber giveaway. You would have won the Medvedev giveaway. Oh, I didn't take a video. Oh. If there's no video, it didn't happen. Oh. No. That's devastating because the, our opponents, significant others, were in the stands. And after the match, she goes, that was really nice. And I was like, thank you. Um, I was like, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, I was like, I just needed oh. one. If one person notices the shot, it's worthwhile. That's, um, that's true. Yeah, but anyway, because we lost the point. But she goes, hey, that was a great out. Because, like, I mean, I made the tweener, which is all that matters. But they hit a volley winner on the next ball, obviously. That being said, again, for me. A little validation. Yeah, exactly. It's the shoes and you need the right racket. You need the right strings just to play your best, to feel your best. I felt my best. I was loose. I was free. It led to a victory. You can feel your best. Update your equipment today. Go to tennis-point.com. Use our promo code CR15 on checkout, not only uh, to let them know we sent you there, but you'll get a discount, a bunch of cool things as well. So, of course, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, Nate, talk to me about the latest and greatest. And I will say, I received specific like shout outs to the Wilson Clash series and just the all red look. There was a lot of positive response. Very, very clean. Uh, what do you got for us this week? Wilson Clash V2. That's a, yeah, like you just said, that's a new look to the market. It's a lot better looking than the last model. That was like the gray and black one. Mm-hmm. They've upgraded, just upgrading the colorway alone, it makes the racket more intriguing. And I think that's, it's a great racket. So we actually just, um, we featured that with a the, also the new Adidas Ava Quartz and Ubersonic 4s yesterday. Two beautiful shoes. 
I, I always like to see what the color of the summer is going to be. And uh, it looks like this year we got orange is uh, make, making a heavy push here. Lucky and Love. <laughs> Lucky and Love's also got their new collection, heavily influenced with a lot of orange. So uh, I think if early prediction, it looks like orange is going to be 2022 summer color. I call it the Adidas Zodiac shirt because I don't know how else to describe all of the symbols on it. I mean, that, the shoot. Yeah, this, go ahead. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, I, I like certain colors. I don't like Fitzy Potts' tan color, but I like the black and the white tank. Like, Momo can pull it off. Like, it looks yeah. good. Here's my thing. For some of the extravagant designs, and maybe this is me being self-conscious, not about my looks. I always feel good about those. It's showing the water cycle, though, which I thought was a cool concept. Well, it's being self-conscious about my game. I feel like I'm not good enough to wear that. Like, that's fundamentally what it comes down to. Like, Stefano Tsitsipas can put on whatever. And it's like, it doesn't matter because your forehand's so beautiful that you're going to look good no matter what you're doing. Same thing, Carlos Alcaraz, sleeves, no sleeves. He could put on a fedora and, like, he would look exceptional. Or, like, you know, if Yannick Sinner wanted to be a member of the Peaky Blinders and he put on one of those hats and played in that hat, that would be be, the sexiest look. Potentially, <laughs> like, since Fred Perry was rocking that hat in the 1920s. Like, that's what I'm calling for. But could I do that? I don't know. Like, you're right. I like the creativity. I like the di- how different it is. At least you took a swing. But it's a swing. Yeah. I like the, I like the end plastic waist, like, below. It's cool. Yes. I guess it's a cool, like, narrative. I think Adidas Tennis's whole campaign behind it is, is, is cool. So, no. But you're right, though. I, Adidas has gotten some uh, – with the shorts, and now – these shirts, it's been a uh, they they've taken some chances though. You got to respect it. No, I look, it's it's a pandemic. Like, what else are you doing? You're <laughs> yeah, sitting there at yeah. the design computer. You're like, <laughs> what if we go with the water cycle? And they're just like, yeah, do it. Like that sounds brilliant. Like, yeah, are we a, sure yeah. we don't want to go Earth? And they're like, no, nah, like. You know, what if we put all the zodiac signs, or what? It, uh, what is it called? Oh. If you're a Sagittarius or whatever, what what are those symbols? What's your uh, yeah. Whatever that mo- sign is, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's leave it in, West. Yeah, yeah. Leave it, first joke leave did, it first joke <laughs> landed, second didn't. That's fine. We're batting 500, much like Adidas. It seems like with these designs. Um, no, I mean, look, I will say this: as I was per- because obviously you're talking about the new shoes being offered by Adidas. This was the toughest shoe purchase of my lifetime. And no, 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 that's not true. I want (laughs) to, this is so stupid. Sorry, listeners. Uh, I promise we're going to get to the tennis. 15 years old, because I was then in the throes of puberty and I weighed more when I was 13 and hadn't gone through puberty than I do now. Um, But I was tall, I was skinny, my foot just kept growing. I was wearing Prince shoes and that's why I use the Prince graphite I do today. Dave Lemke's not on the phone, so I'm allowed to say Prince. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, uh, anyways, technical follow to me, you're right. Point being, I'd use Prince shoes my whole life, Prince rackets, because that's what my coach was a rep for, that's what I always rocked. But I was just like, I am too tall, and dare I say too athletic now, to rock these Prince shoes. And I was like, I'm ready to make the switch to Nike. And telling my coach I was going to do that, that was one of the tougher conversations I've had in my formative years. This was the toughest shoe decision since then because the plethora of information I've gotten from these Tennis Point Tuesday segments, and I really do hope listeners are listening, and we try to have as much fun with this as possible because I know selling products to all of you, all due respect to Tennis Point, that's not the most fun podcast conversation. But of course, the gear 
is part of the tennis persona going on court. You're you. Everyone makes a conscious choice. I mean, not everyone. Ninety-five percent of people are making a conscious choice of what they're rocking, and that's where you can have fun and express some individuality as a player. Whether it be the racket, whether it be what you're wearing, whether it be the shoes you're rocking as well. I stared long and hard at Asics, so I just. I mean, I'm so scarred by the heaviness of the barricades that Adidas has always been. I've always been, you know, a bit hesitant to make that move. I stared long and hard at the Asics, long and hard at the Nikes. Talk to me, though, about these Adidas. Are they lighter? Yes. So the Ava Court and the Ubersonic 4, definitely a lighter shoe. Definitely more of a, you want to play faster. You want to get that quick response. You want the, uh, you don't want to be weighted down. Like the barricade for me, is like a match shoe. It's like, it's going to last me. I, I'm going to war. Like this is going to hold up. It's stable. But the, the Ubersonic, yeah, you think of the guys that use it, like a Sasha Zverev, he wants an athletic feel on his 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 foot. You know what I mean? And so I think um, for me, like the, the ACJ Resolution 8, the one I've been wearing, I, I don't want to use it like too much. I don't want to wear it out. I don't want to wear it out. And it's like, the, I, think it's the, <laughs> I think it's the, I think it's my favorite shoe that I've ever worn on the tennis court, the ASIC gel resolution eight. Um, I think that's what ASICs did with that shoe. And like the ASICs court FF and the speeds have also gotten great feedback. What ASICs is doing is incredible. The, uh, the supply chain issues have been a, a, an issue with those obviously, but what those guys have done with tennis shoes is, in, is pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. It was a long but I Also the Yonix fusion rev fours. I'm wearing those as well. Uh, foot doctor Zach Thomas. You guys got to check him out on YouTube. He also said this is the, the best rubber that he's tested in the in his. Uh, hmm. He cuts them open and does this whole crazy test, but the dribble test. So uh, that's a great shoe. There's a lot of good shoes on the market, but yeah, that's just uh, that's yeah. my personal opinion. No, fair. And again, you can find them all on tennis-point.com. Whether it's the new Adidas, I went with the new Nikes, Asics, Yonix, Head. I mean, you name it. All the options. Wilson, obviously, with the Clash series. Uh, all of it available on tennis-point.com uh, from shoes, clothes, rackets, strings. You'll be able to find it all. You can obviously send rackets into their Tennis Point HQ. They'll string them up for you, send it back out. You can get demos from them as well if you want to try the latest thing. And that's my biggest regret. How did I not walk out with like seven different demos? demos? That's, yeah, nope. just cardinal sin there. You know what it was? Is I was too... I'll say this to you now because I'm not there. It's really not you I was afraid of. I just didn't want Colleen to see me being like, is he leaving with demos too? <laughs> like, I should, he should be like, what is he doing? Uh, I just didn't think it was the most professional to be like, hey, can I take some demos as well? No, she would have She would have been a proponent of it. To yeah. Get, to, get some, to get some CR demo feedback. Yeah, put that money that. in the user base. That's another email exactly. on the Tennis Point Register. Uh, yeah, but with that in mind, all right, again, tennis-point.com. Promo code is CR15. Let's talk about the tennis that has both unfolded over the past weekend and is coming up over the course of the next week. And each and every week now, I ask Nate Dog about uh, some of the college action happening because obviously Tennis Point now sponsors of the ITA mm-hmm. rankings. And look, we're all going to be watching the rankings as we head towards the postseason. Who are going to be the top eight seeds that are going to host the first three rounds of the NCAA tournament? Who are going to be the top 16 seeds? Who's even going to get in to this NCAA tournament field? And obviously so much of that is driven by the Tennis Point ITA rankings. And so I know you've been locking in to some of the action that's unfolded over the course of the past couple of weeks. And we've got May Madness coming up. You know, we're, what, five days away from the start. That said, 
I know you were locked in in particular to the Florida-Kentucky SEC final this past weekend, and I know you had your eyes on Ben Shelton and the Gators. Are they now, you know, talk to me about what you saw this weekend. Yeah, the flat match was just, from the doubles point on, it, I just thought that was just high caliber, just high octane offense from both sides. Um, we had Ben Shelton and Sam Riffis in doubles. thought that was just fun to watch those guys compete against Draxel and uh, said Herion. Yeah. Or who, Herion, yeah. So, I mean, I got the doubles is, to me, is, it's so quick, but it's so much fun. It's just the, the, the intensity off the jump in an SEC match like that. So, Ben Shelton, I think 14.2 UTR for you guys that are big UTR people. And it's like, that is what it is. Like, he's going to have, he has the weapons to really do damage. It's, he's got the big forehand, the big serve, the big kick. He's got the mentality. He just comes at you with his athleticism. He's got good hands. His, uh, he just trusts his game. And I think what he did to Liam Draxel in singles, that was just, I mean, Draxel was so solid. And he was just, when Sheldon was hitting, like when he was playing on his, it was just so offensive and so aggressive and just under control at the same time, hitting in the big targets. And him, his, you know, his father's on the sidelines as his coach. I thought that was just like, what, what a, what a sight. It's just like, he's coaching his son. He's, he was on tour as well. And that whole story was amazing. And Florida's just deep. That guy, they got, they have so many, so many guys. So that'll be a, I, I, that's, I know we talked about it last week. Is that, is that your favorite to win the title? They are. I mean, they're the defending champs, and the key is yep. Riffis lost a match in the semifinals to Johannes Monday, who is also yep. a top 10 player in the country, the sophomore for Tennessee. It's not a bad loss to Johannes. Yep. I mean, Riffis has won now, I, I believe it's 16 of his last 17 matches. And, you know, again, to have him playing the way that he is, Shelton has won all but three of the matches he's played at number one singles, and he's your tournament MVP. And, you know, to beat Walton and and uh, I think he played Draxel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Walton's just so solid, just makes a million balls and beat Draxel the way he did. And, you know, again, let's not forget U.S. Open qualifying last year. Dra- Shelton had Botik van der Schulp on, you know, yep. at the br- yep. on the brink, loses six four in the third to a guy who ultimately makes the fourth round of or quarterfinals, I think, of the U.S. Open. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Shelton showed the level last year, winning a futures event and making the final of Kalamazoo, and just like it was all real. It's all translated. The lefties got the game, the athleticism, the size. Yep. He def. I mean, you just see the pro potential because he plays on his terms. And Draxel tried to throw the kitchen sink at him, you know, with the yeah. antics. I mean, Draxel to... is about as good of a college tennis player as you're going to find. Because talk about a guy physically, he's just yep. going to make you work. And, like, mm-hmm. you're right. He's going to throw all the extracurricular shit at you. And, like, Shelton, <laughs> that's when you know you've taken that next jump as a college tennis player, in my opinion. Sorry to, you know, to uh, editorialize at you. But it's when you can – it's when you see the speed of the game. And you've just mastered it. And regardless of what your opponent throws at you and does, you say, nah, like, I know, okay, it's five all in the second. It's time for me to lock in. And Ben just has that ability now where he can turn it on at a moment's notice. He's always been a big match player, but now particularly for these sorts of matches at the number one spot, like his weapons are just better than everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's just I love his mental game. He's just apparently his dad was a guy that was pretty stoic and didn't show much emotion out there. Shelton is all about the energy. And uh, I think that's what, that's what you saw about college tennis is the celebrations are just so that's I'm in, I'm in on college. And then I think what, I also watched Texas on the women's side yeah. uh, just dominate their way through. Big oh, and oh, for Peyton Stearns over, uh, over Lane Sleeth is freaking crazy. 
one game and two matches she lost. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's like she's she's cruising. And I I mean O and O is you could watching her play like she didn't want to give up well, a game. Like she was just I wanna say it was we just talked about Shelton. I mean, literally yep. everything you said I said about Shelton applies to Peyton Stearns. And everything yep. I said about Draxel minus the extracurricular, because that's not Lane Sleeth. She's very just, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna make a million balls and make you work. And I'm not gonna say she's not energetic, but not the way Draxel so outwardly mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh outwardly I mean, outwardly energetic, I suppose, is the phrase I'm going with. But Sleeth is just a ball machine. And, like, Peyton Stearns was like, nah, you can't hurt me. No, Peyton Stearns was – she's just putting the ball on her shoulder and just dictating with the forehand. And Shavat Pond's playing well now, too. They're, I don't know what to do with my women's Stern's, rankings. Stearns racket, I don't know how – like, she gets so much – she uses, like, a racket that's over 12 ounces. I'm like, that's that thing crazy. is a long. And she's just Her forehand is a missile. She, yeah, it is. So I think in Texas is deep. They got they have girls across the board that that are. I mean, I, I remember talking to Peyton in the offseason. She was like, "We're losing a lot of players, but we're going to take a while to kind of get our our footing, and then we should be good." And that's kind of exactly what's happened with them. It seems like they're playing their best tennis late, and they're rallying around each other. That was that was a fun match. Um, I watched SMU and Memphis as well. Yeah. I was across. I was I was everywhere. I watched Xavier women. They won a Big East title for yeah, the back, like, shout out. back to back. You want a fun so, Xavier women's tennis story? Give it to me. So, and yesterday, Monday, April 25th, was my youngest brother Nicholas's birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. 20 years old. We love him. He's definitely not going to listen to the Tuesday mini break podcast. <clears throat> His freshman year, he, and, you know, pre-puberty, just a little squirt, um, makes the finals of two singles at the state championships. And in the finals, he plays St. Joe's High School, and at their number two single spot is this All-American in track who's also really good at tennis, by the name of Amir Kyle. And she was playing for the men's team because obviously she was outstanding. And, you know, she went on to play for Xavier Women's Tennis. I'm pretty sure she's in the record books in a lot of different, you know, a lot of firsts for Amir Kyle um, for her during her tenure at Xavier. And so I always keep my eye on the Xavier Women's team. Um, But, yes, by the way, back-to-back weeks, Xavier Tennis shout-outs. Let's go, Nate. Uh, That's how you know we're in a good place. But to your point – yeah, and by the way, we're having SMU men's tennis head coach Grant Chen on the Cracked Interviews podcast today, so you can hey, go hear about that was a big win. Losing the doubles point? Losing They're the top 20. Point? They've won 11 in a row. I mean, after like usually I feel like the doubles point, I mean, like does so, so much for like the, the momentum, but they were they flipped that momentum quickly off the, losing a tough doubles point there, and that was I thought that was impressive. What do you think of their sophomore crawl, the guy who clinched? That guy, yeah. He's yeah, good, guess, right? Yeah, he is. He is. SM, yeah, it does. It makes sense though. You look at SMU's facilities; it's like I, I, those guys—they're getting some guys with what they have down there. Yeah, we're playing rumor again. This is welcome to Tennis Point Tuesday. We jump around a bit. So, crawls from the Northeast. He's a New York kid. No way. I always wow. and I think he was a five star. So that's that's okay. Yeah, well, he was. He was crawls the guy that was. Well, who do he play that was with? I'm trying to think for sure who he is. I'm blanking. But Crawl, I mean, okay. he was the one who clinched. He played number two singles. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 17-3 yeah. overall on the year. Here's my thing. There was a perception when I was younger, and I have never been talked off of this perception, that, like, Northeast tennis, just not that good. Like, respectfully, the recruits that come out of the Northeast, like, most of those kids will have transported, uh, transplanted to Florida by the time they're seriously coming up the ranks. And at that point, they're USTA kids or that are at IMG or they've gone out to California, whatever it may be. Have, was that the perception for you growing up as well? Like, Northeast always got a tough like, rap. 
Yeah. And that's, yeah. So when I hear that, I'm like, whoa, there's, they got good players up there too. I think it's good. I think it's gotten better. I think New Jersey yeah. in particular has like, I, I know just there's some more solid academies. It sounds like, so I think they've yeah. gotten it. Yeah. I know. You know uh, Banerjee's uh, of the world. Shout out to Ed Gober. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Ed Gober. My, my, my guy, the junior tennis tour, the junior yeah. tennis tour is up there. So they're doing a cool thing with grassroots tennis. They're trying to kind of change the landscape, build content around these young kids, just kind of showcase more what these kids go through. So um, yeah. no, Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, but it's, I think when you think of the hotbed in tennis, uh, you don't think of the Northeast. Yeah, I agree. I would also say, again, to finish off this college conversation, yes, I think the Florida men are the favorite. They're the defending champs. Again, as well as Shelton is playing, it's like, yeah, but we have the NCAA champ Riffis at two, which is the lock of locks, and I – on an episode of The Deciding Point, named him uh, the most valuable player, non-number one singles player in men's college tennis. Um, They're clicking on all cylinders, but like, look, I'm going to go to Madison, I think, this weekend for the potential Ohio State-Michigan part three. I need to see that match in person. I need to just see, because I've seen the Buckeyes compete against the best of the best, and I got to see Michigan play against Purdue, but I want to watch this match in person. 1-1 split thus far the two times. Yeah, freaking amped and i think i'm gonna go as a as a fan and not a cracker well i have a media pass so what, what, what day is that match what day is that match? sunday in madison you gonna come it's a far, far drive I, it's man, like it's deep. six for me it's probably eight for you <laughs> see my thing is oh. so my best friend growing up goes to vet school at wisconsin madison uw and so i like to me that's why the six hours is worth it it's like not only do i get to see outstanding tennis but i get to see my guy and so like yep. that's why i have to do it eight hours is that's eight not hours own. yeah that's yeah yeah that's, that's a that's lot not, that, that's at least two stops Once i was gonna say that you're playing the drake you know <laughs> take care album what four times there because that's my road trip album always um <laughs> oh, <laughs> um no point being I guess more broadly, when you watch these co- – and again, Florida on the men's side, women's side, you know, we did this on the deciding point. I don't think there's been an NCAA tournament maybe since 2016 where Oklahoma State earned all these 4-3 wins. Stanford earned all these 4-3 wins. Neither was a top-10 seed, and that was kind of chaotic. But it didn't still feel that open because Stanford was that good. They just didn't play the most rigorous conference schedule I think this might be the most open NCAA tournament on the women's side of the 21st century. And then on the men's side, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, Florida's the defending champs. They're really good. But, like, Ohio State's exceptional. If they win doubles, they're not losing matches. TCU, prove they can win the national indoors. Baylor and, like, I'm telling you, a healthy Tennessee not to be trifled with. Michigan in the mix. Virginia is the sleeping giant. They haven't lost – you know, all of their losses this season are to top five teams. Like, they've literally lost to each of the top five teams. And, and like – they're healthy. And, yeah, now they're healthy. They're rolling. They played a really – got a good 4-3 win over North Carolina, which is just a confidence-boosting win heading into the tournament. I mean, beat Kentucky as well of late Wake Forest. Like, this team is clicking on all cylinders. Again, women's side chaos. That said, my final question to you, it's the energy, right? Like, I I feel like listeners don't believe me because I am in the circle, and I'm extraordinarily biased. But you watch the match, and the energy is just unlike any other level you'll see in tennis. Well, yeah, like when else will you see like a, a girl, the girls, they, they win a match and then they immediately drop their rackets and they literally go ahead to court, yeah. half court over and just start yelling at their teammates. It's like, the rush. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's such a, 
like playing college, it's just one of the college tennis is amazing. I suggest if you want, if you got the opportunity to do it, chase it because it's like you'll never have that feeling in tennis again where it's it's a real true team aspect and the energy is just different and it's I think it's how tennis should be should be played. So I think I heard who was it the uh, someone just one of the pro players just said how they want they want to embrace oh Eugenie Bouchard on the uh, on the Barstool podcast the she was talking about how tennis quack that out West off we don't plug yeah but, else. <laughs> on the, you know, I saw you guys plugged it on your social oh, media I, that must have been I, Dalton. I, I, <laughs> So no, she went on there and she just said that like tennis needs to embrace that more fun aspect of, you know, showing off that this can be a engaging sport more like you see in the NBA or like just play some new, like make, keep it not, so, yeah, I don't know, at least at some events, some events maybe. Yeah. No, uh, I, uh, are you a, tradi- are you a traditionalist? Are you, are you against like that? No. Am no? I I, 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 we haven't talked about this. Enough, I don't think so. Like, but I, I know you love college tennis. I, I would love for pro. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. Pro crowds aren't partisan. Like, yeah, they are towards Rafa and towards Novak and towards Roger and towards Del Potro at the U.S. Open, which is the most magical of the scenes. But they're not, like, going to get up for Fritz Tommy Paul the way a partisan college fan – and it doesn't have to be a tennis fan, a partisan college fan. Because at these college tennis matches, there are people who just love their school. And they're going yeah. to support their school in a rivalry match or support their friend from school in a partisan fashion in a way that just – I don't want to say it's frowned upon in professional tennis. But yeah, there's – because it's not frowned upon. But I just don't think pro players have – I mean on, on tennis Twitter, it's a bad example. In-person pro players don't sort of uh, – don't elicit the sort of passion – that you get in college sports. Like that's what makes it so special is it's tennis within the framework of college sports and it's a team atmosphere. And, you know, I went to Laver Cup in Chicago back in 2019. That was a really fun crowd. Even that crowd wasn't partisanly towards Team USA and, you know, we didn't have USA chance. Like Davis Cup that's sometimes – I, I should good. say Davis yeah. Cup gets like that because now you're partisan. I am American. I am Argentinian. I am Belgian. I am – all these different things, you know, I'm partisanly rooting for my home country. It's really hard to generate mm-hmm. that, I think, in pro tennis. I would love to be able to do it and figure out a way to This goes back to our draft conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's tough. It's tough. Like, I yeah, do. Yeah. That's, why, that's what makes college so special, though, is because pick a team and just latch on, and then you can be as partisan as you want, and it is not frowned upon. It is encouraged. Yeah. Like, that's what makes <laughs> – I'm encouraging partisanship here. Not in our democracy, partisanship in college tennis. There is no shaming the most outlandish of fans. Like, it's full go in college, and that passion, the ceiling yeah, of it, I just yeah. don't think is reached in ten, in in the pros. Nope. That's a, I have no uh, – that's it. I mean, that's fair. That's, yeah. Everything you said, I think, is, that's a very good uh, little spiel you gave because I think that's what makes college sports so cool, and that's why people come from all over the world to play college sports. It's like you want to be a part of that – um, not only getting an education, but what the, you know, having people behind you as a community behind you, I think that's what makes college sports special. Mm-hmm. I didn't warn you. I'm going to ask you for the top 10. Do you have any big changes to your top 10 this week? Texas moving up. I think you were early on Texas. I was wrong. I, 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 I was said, selling on I, Texas. You were I higher Texas, than I was. Yeah. I had him. What did I have him last week? Seven? Eight? I think you had him maybe even higher. You might've had him four or five. I, I've watched, I watched, yeah. 
And I think I, I still I like them to be. No, I moved them up to yeah. four in my rankings this week. Like really? I, I you agree. Jumped them to four? I, I jumped them to four. Wow. That's how hot they are. Like wow. they're playing that well now. Wow. No. Yeah. I like. Yeah. USC. So uh, USC maybe. I like USC. Their ceiling. I think their ceiling is high. Um. So I think if they're if they're on, I think they have the guy the, the top talent to do it. The Pac-12 um, is a mess. Everything out west. Like Stanford yeah. wins the conference tournament. Arizona State's actually the hottest team out west who have beaten USC, UC. Like oh, they've beaten just about yeah. everyone. I think I was low on Michigan. I think I'm low on Michigan. I think I, I think <laughs> a little bit low on Michigan. After watching more of these teams, they're just more solid across the board, and uh, they have more. I feel like they have more. Actually, I love how uh, Coach Shelton described it. Like. Where like the, the hot points in your lineup where you need to get points and where like your swing matches are, I think Michigan has more of those staple court, like more of those solid courts, um, yeah. less swing courts. I think Ohio State is right there. I think Tennessee, yeah, I like Tennessee. Baylor's tough. College tennis is yeah. The top ten, the top eight is the top eight. I, I think Wake Forest is a little bit. I think I'll had I've had I've had them drop to like twelve, like outside the top yeah. twelve. No, that's I'm not fair. Big on Wake Forest. No, I mean, Wake Forest is really deep. The problem is they don't have a superstar on the men's side. On the women's side... You have to have that. You have to have that yeah. if you want to be, yeah, in my opinion. Again, the women's side... <clears throat> excuse me. The women's side was impossible because it's just chaos. Like, North Carolina's now lost twice. Oklahoma just lost. A&M only has one loss at the same time. Despite Oklahoma's one loss, they're still... Um, you know, what's their signature victory? Like, they ran the gauntlet in the SEC. How good is the SEC this season? Again, it's just going to be a fascinating home stretch here uh, to the 2022 college tennis season. And so, of course, we are all locked in and excited for it. All right. With that said, we're going to have to quickly run through Esterol and Munich here as we want to preview this week's ATP Tour action. Of course, the WTA going to get started over in Madrid later on in the week, and we're amped for that, but we'll save that conversation for a bit later on looking at these two events this week on the ATP tour Nate I see two loaded draws and again it may not be Masters 1000 it may not be 500 level events but you know whether it's in uh, Munich this week where you've got Alex Virov as your one seed Casper Ruud as your two seed so again two of the top seven players uh, top 10 players in the world in action and then of course in Estoril you've got number one seed Felix Ogier Aliasim number two seed Diego Schwartzman which may not sound as top heavy but it's the depth it's the fact that you know you've got Davidovich Fokina coming off, <clears throat> excuse me, of oh, his yeah. uh, big run in Monte Carlo. You've got Sebastian Corda, who obviously uh, has played some pretty inconsistent but some high-level tennis at times on the clay court as your number eight seed. You had a really fun matchup early on uh, in this tournament between Tiafo and Dusan Lajevic. And just, again, it's the depth that I think is shining through right now on the ATP tour. Both of these events are loaded. Let's start with Esterol. Uh, we'll just go through the quarters quickly. Top section, Felix Ogier, Aliasim, your number one seed, your number eight seed, Sebastian Corda. Now, of course, the wild card in this section is the wild card into the event. Dominic team making his return. He's taken on Benjamin Bonzi in round one. Of course, he's the gonna Frenchman. Win. He's well, I'll say this. Tough, but the Frenchman win. won, I think, six challenger titles or five last year, which yeah. would have been the record had Talon Greekspoor not gone on to win, I believe, eight. So, like, Bonzi has been on the rise. You know, physically, player, he's yeah. locked in in a way teams just still not right now working his yep. way back. What I'm do you want for team, in this section? Um, I, I'm, yeah, I wanted to see teams just get a win. I, I just want to see him get a win and get that feel good victory underneath him and see if he can kind of revive his career. But 
I think out of this section, you look for Corda to kind of regain his footing after he had the nice win against Alcaraz. Um, I think he's, but Felix is maybe, re, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll take Felix out of this section though. I'll take Felix out of the section just because I think he's starting to gain that confidence in his, his footing on clay. And I think he's got the, just Corda hasn't shown that consistency yet that I'm willing to kind of choose him right now. But Estro is loaded, like you said. Yeah, I thought Felix played a really good match last week to beat Tiafo, but then the doubleheader. I mean, again, doubleheader on the double day. He in three sets to Schwartzman. I thought he played well in that match at times, just kind of lost his legs at the end. I mean, Schwartzman yep. got him stretched. That match was really good. That match was high level. Yeah, that was a really – again, I thought Felix played his best clay court tennis and the best he's played in a couple of weeks just in general – I mean, it's Definitely tough. Carlos Taberner, the lucky loser, if he gets by Lloyd Harris, who, of course, always a big server. Uh, I mean, Taberner will get Felix stretched. At the same time, Felix has the weapons where he should be able to overwhelm Taberner over time. Teams the wild card. I mean, how well is he playing, of course, is the biggest storyline in this section because if he's playing his best again, we know what he's capable of doing. Two-time French Open finalist. God, would it be a night— if team played Corda right now, who are you taking as the favorite in that matchup? Corda, right? Yeah, but did you see the video of his forehand? Like he's tweaking the finish on it. On the, yeah. did you see that? A yeah, bit? it's a little bit more over the shoulder. It didn't look that different. It wasn't that. It didn't look dramatic, as, it didn't look, was it? it? It just looked like his. It looked a little more than I thought he was. It was a little stiffer on the wrist, yeah, for sure. He's, he's, he's yeah, it wasn't as fluid up through the like yeah. he was finishing so much higher, but. I think that's good for him if he can get a little more drive on the ball. But I think, yeah, he's, he's going to swing. He's going to take cuts. It's not like yeah. he's going to take – but I thought that was inter- an interesting maybe to kind of help him on the wrist a little bit. But that will be well, – I'd like to see what that looks like. And I think if he plays Corda and he's playing well, Corda hasn't shown us that he can – yeah, it's going to be – I think it would be – give me Corda minus 150. All right. <laughs> I like that's, it. That's, <laughs> You'll take Felix to advance. I think I'm going to take Felix as well. But I'd like – I mean – I'd like to see team play well. I want to see team play at least three matches. So I'd like to see him get a win over quarter, then maybe knocked out by Felix. Just get his match, you know, again, not one match, but I want to see how he responds in a second match, in a third match on the week. And so obviously tough test for him early on. All right, quarter number two, Davidovich Fokina section. He's going to face Bernabe Zapata Morales, who earned an impressive straight set win over the always tough out on clay Federico Coria yesterday. You've also got Nuno Borges, the former Mississippi State number number one singles player, three-time All-American, three-time SEC player of the year, rising star on the ATP Tour. I mean, you look for Nuno over the last 52 weeks. It is crazy. The guy, 54 and 23 overall, again, winning 70% of his matches. A lot of that coming Is that on, trouble uh, for Tiafo? Well, it's interesting because certainly for uh, France, I mean, certainly for Nuno, his kick serve and his forehand combination, it's just, it's a top 50 weapon. By the way, Nuno, since the start of, you know, pandemic tennis, August, 2020, he's 97 and 34 overall. He's won 74% of his matches. Again, you look during this stretch of time in terms of total finals he's made, he's made, I believe, 12 different finals and uh, five of them have come at the challenger level. Now, of course, you look for him at the ATP P level uh, over this stretch of time. It's tough. Uh, he, you know, last year he made Estoril round of 16 before getting knocked out in three sets by Marin Cilic. The thing for Nuno, 
is if you have weapons and can get him stretched in the outer third, he's still not the best mover. He's not the most fluid, not the best at changing direction. He needs to be dictating, and he likes to cheat over and hit that forehand in the ad side corner. Now, again, the heaviness of his serve, that kick in particular, the heaviness of his forehand can give Tiafo problems. It depends how well Tiafo serves. Like, Tiafo's plus one, if he gets the opportunity to play it, it's going to be really difficult for Nuno to find ways to dig himself out of that, but... I mean, Nuno's a gamer, and like he, you know, when Tiafo starts playing slice and all these different drop shots and tries to get tricky, that's where Nuno's going to jump on him and going to make mm-hmm. him pay. It's going to be a fun match. I think Tiafo wins in straights, but I think I think Nuno's going to like Nuno can absolutely like I think it's a five and five sort of match. I'd be impressed. I remember you talked to me about him. I had, I had never really heard of him until a few months ago when you mentioned uh. him, and then he's just I've been keeping an eye on him, and we got we got to get the. Yeah. He's got to get a profile picture so we can. I, I, I got to see what he looks. Like. I'm like, I can't even picture this guy right now. But six uh, one, you said he's not a good mover. I haven't watched enough of him yet. But I, I wonder at six one, what his his limitations are. Is he just not? He's yeah, just but, not the best athlete. Like yeah, he's yeah. exceptionally coordinated, but fleet of foot, that's never been his thing. Like I mean, he anticipates yep. extraordinarily well, reads the game really, really well. Um, again, not a terrible first step. It's just the fluidity mm-hmm. in and out of corners, the hips. As listeners know, I love myself some hips, and his do lie a little bit. Not quite in the Shakira category, but that's a fun quarter. That's a fun section. Again, Davidovich Fokina making his return, uh, following uh, obviously uh, all of his efforts in Monte Carlo. With that said, who you He's got to be the section? He's yeah. Fuck- Fakin has to be the heavy favorite. I mean, the way he's playing, he's I feel like that's he's a level above everybody in the yeah. draw. And right now, Davidovich Fokin has 16.4% chance of winning the event, according to the Tennis Abstract Singles Forecast. That's second uh, overall in the tournament. Felix Ogier at 11%, third overall in first. Projected to win the tournament, Diego Schwartzman, who, of course, the number two seed at the bottom of the draw. He will take on the winner of Pablo Cuevas, Roberto Carbeas Bena in his Best section. pound for pound player all time. Yeah, I like Diego it. Diego Schwartzman. That's no, my it's, take. It's again, he's if five, tennis is like ground five, stroke five, games, five, six. if tennis is ground stroke games, what's he ranked? Like even higher? Like, like two? Like, yes. Three? Yeah, five, like four or five. Yeah. yeah. That would be a fun. That's what I want to see. All star event, ground stroke games. Let's go. Just ground, just play to eleven. Let me. Yeah. I, I need to see it because like yeah. most, most of the top ten guys, he's passing. Like uh, if they don't have their first, the first serve, it's like he's passing them anytime they come to the net. It's, no, it's they got, it, the, the guy's ridiculous. It's I I agree with you again. He's your two seed Mark in this TV. section. Albert Ramos. Get the lefty, always tough. Taking on Jordan Thompson. Soon Kwan the win over Benoit Pair yesterday. Who you got in this section? Um, the Tommy Paul loss. That, that I thought that was a tough loss to Gasquet. Um, that was I watched that. his the clay just it kind of it restrains his he can't show off his athleticism nearly as much on the clay. Court. I disagree. I just thought he didn't play like I think he's a great he mover looked, on the clay. He moved. He just clunks more balls. It doesn't look like he's. I don't know. He just, I, I watched the first set this morning. He just looks like it negates some of what he can do on a hard court with taking advantage, taking the ball early and redirecting it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I need to see more. I was disappointed. I wanted to see him play more clay court matches. I, I feel like I haven't seen him on the clay very often. But yeah, Gasquet is playing well. Um, on this, the lower the lower quarter though, I would take. I mean, Diego. I, I, I think Diego is going to win the title. Diego. It might be a rematch of uh, last week, Diego and Felix. Mm-hmm. 
No, it's it's going to be, again, this bottom section of the draw, I would say not quite as loaded as the top half. Yeah. does feel like if Schwartzman, who's coming off of the semifinal, let's not forget last week that featured a bunch of double headers. If he's got his legs under him, I mean, he's going to have to play some physical matches, right? Let's say it's Carbeas Benia and Ramos and then... Quan just plays everything. Like, just yeah. Plays it, every draw. No, it, it's going to be a, a fun section. The wild card is Sebastian Baez. If he can get through Chilich, potentially, man, the clone yeah. Argentinians, Baez versus Schwartzman, isn't that a matchup we deserve to see we, at some point? We have to see that. Yeah, and ba- so... Baez is... You were early on Baez. That guy yeah. can... He's got the goods. He's, well, I, I mean, he's, he doesn't have, obviously, the weapons that you're... Uh, the, I mean, what is he? Five... He's like five, seven, and other guys, five, eight. Something like and that. And so, he, yeah, so he's another shorter guy, but his... The depth he can find and the the, the spin he generates, it's he's fun to watch on, on the clay. Yeah. All right. With that, you said you're taking Felix over Schwartzman. Schwartzman over Felix. Who you got this week? I'll take I'll take Felix in this one over Schwartzman. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Felix is having fun out there. He's like he's moving better. He's looking more solid on the. Yeah. He's got the weapons. Diego's got to be wearing down a little bit. Yeah. It was good three set win for Tiafo over the Deuce. He didn't play his best. I mean, it's such a hot take to take Davidovich. I would love to see Tiafo do that. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Give me the winner of Davidovich, Fokina, Tiafo to win the tournament. Whoever comes out of that section, I think, is winning the tournament. Uh, that's who I'll go with. But unclear Fokina's to me still who's going to win that. Well, yeah, I need to see Davidovich, Fokina play this week before I make a definitive assessment. Yep. Um, all right. With that in mind, let's move on to Munich. And again, very fun draw in action. You've got Zverev you've got, uh, at the top of the draw. Your number one seed going to take on Holger Rune. I mean – Two former world junior number ones. Rune, a nice straight set win over another talented up-and-comer and qualifier, Yuri Lachetchka. I mean, Rune Zverev, that's, you know, must-see television in this section as well. You've got Emil Rusevori, who I think listeners are probably sick of hearing me talk about. So, uh, you know, again, Rusevori has also matched his clay court wins uh, total from 2021. And now everything he gets from here on in is free points. And by the way, you look for Rusevori right now, very quietly has worked his way up to a new career high ranking of number 62. The 23-year-old's making his push. He'll probably be favored in his matchup over Evans or Cressy. Not sure who won that one this Cressy. morning. Cressy, so I think he'll be favored probably over Cressy, Cressy here. On the, That's yeah, a no, huge win for Cressy. Much needed win as get, get well. Get him for going Cressy. on the clay. Yeah, yeah and it. again at the ATP level as well, he doesn't. Ha- he has like nothing to defend from last year during this clay court stretch of time. So to get an ATP win, free points. And by the way, Cressy right now sixty-five in the live rankings. Holgarune, new career high number sixty-eight. In the live rankings, uh, again, top Holger section. Played. Who you Holger got? Holger looked really good. Holger looked really good against Lahetchka. I thought that was his movement. He's looking more solid at the forehand. He's he's connecting even like his backhand, like we've talked about. It's 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 world class. His the where he contacts the ball, his ability to redirect. He can hit take it offensively. He can play he can play defense with it. Um, he's just all, I mean I love watching the kid and his wheels. Uh, just. A great match. I mean, I thought Lehezka played a very solid match, and Rune Rune just kept coming up with the goods. Zverev, I think he's just, I think he's, it's that's a fun match. Give me uh, Zverev in three. Yeah, I mean, Rune, another one. It's so specific, but he hits him on the run, down the line, forehands on the clay, where he slides into that shot. He elevates it and just hits it with depth. And look, Lehezka tried to take it on the rise, cross court as a backhand, but. There's only one location you can hit that ball. And Holger knows where you're going. And to your point, he hits that on the slide backhand so well afterwards as a combination. It's just he's got his patterns. It's becoming more he effective. Gr- yeah. yeah, he's, he's great seeing. spacing on his on his ground strokes. He gets great spacing. Yes. He looks so stable, so balanced. 
he scrapes across the ball so well. It's like, it just looks easy. He gets, yeah, he at the same power. time, he still is a guy who can do B, C, D, and E, but like, what is plan A for him? How is he going to win yeah. points a little bit easier for himself moving forward? I do yeah, think I, that that defines his he's, ceiling. He's going to be, the, I think he's going to look to come forward and, and close points off. With the, I, I think that's, I, I don't know. I think he's gonna he's gonna feed you guys a steady diet of coming forward and also mixing in the dropper and making guys uncomfortable coming forward. I think I think he's a guy that has a lot of variety and I, I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's gonna. He's got a big forehand and his backhand is solid, but I think he'll he'll use his hands. He's got great hands. I I, I think he'll be yeah top. Gonna, I think he's gonna be top third. Is he gonna beat Zverev ever now? I want to. I, I would love to. I would. I would be ecstatic to see it. Uh, I think. I think Zverev is. Uh, can we just yeah. say it? It's just put up or shut up. The same, no, no, the just same way me. last week for Sabalenka and Stuttgart was put up or shut up. Like it's time for you to make a final, make a push, serve well, yep. play well, or we have to write you off for the rest of this season. Zverev's yep. had some moments, like semifinals last week. He needs to win this title. Home Rune soil. Rune is not a guy you want to play. I mean, come, yeah, Rune is not the guy you want to play coming in on on this. You know, I mean, it's just, like the kid's gonna have well, the fans. Must, yeah, got him last week, and so like again, Zverev needs to win this event. Otherwise, yeah. I'm crossing him off for the French Open. Like, just it. He's certainly not winning it. I need to see a big no, week I for think, him. I, I I can't change. I think I think Zverev in three. I think he yeah. I think he feels it. I think he's taking it. But Rune is gonna. I think that's a tough draw for the kid. I wish he would have. Anywhere, anywhere else on this draw, I think he could have made a, a big run. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, let's move on to section number two, Opelka's section, the number three seed, uh, also partnered with number five seed Christian Green, who continues to struggle. He's got a tough first matchup against lucky loser Alejandro Tabilo. Of course, Tabilo, one of your biggest risers of the season, the 24-year-old Chilean, up to number 93, which is two off his career high of 91, which he reached earlier this season. You've also got Giron versus Gaston, qualifier Marco Topo taking on Oscar Ota, Ota Opelka. God, big serves. Like, I do not want to watch that, man. Or maybe I do want to watch it on clay because it's two fish out of water. This is, this Your is thoughts on this section? Not a not a great section. Um, that's my first thought. Okay. <laughs> not, not, it's just, there's not, I feel like it's, I don't believe any of these guys are a contender. Do you? I, I mean, no, because Vera yeah. needs to win this week. Um no, I mean, look, Tabilo might be the best server he, in this section. Like, he has been excellent on the clay court. Tabilo, this year. Yeah. He had a great yeah. South American stretch. So, yeah, you know what? Yes, I think he's the biggest. Th- I mean, Riley Garrett, can I, Riley, though. So, yeah, sure, Garrett, it's a fun Garrett, section. Garen Garen has Another been guy, not- it's now or never. Like, or I'm writing yep. you off. Yep. Opoko will, yeah, I, I want to see more. He actually doesn't look that bad moving on clay, though. Like he yeah, looks I agree. So that's why it is. That's and why it is an interesting moved, yeah. section. And if he's if he's moving well, Opelka's dangerous. But obviously, he's going to kick you into the third row. So hundred percent. All right. With that in mind, who you got? I'll take Riley. All right. I'll take. Did Tabilo lose to Green today? Is that match still going on? No, it hasn't. It starts in uh, thirty minutes. I'll take the winner of that to get out of the section. Um. Okay. All right. Section number three. Kesmanovich. Tough start. I mean, Ribberg. The wild card guy, tracked down everything yesterday. That guy was good. That guy yeah, was, he was very good. I agree with you. But Kasmanovic looks like he's hit another level. Like he still – he found the measurements and then he was like, don't worry. I'm going to work you over. I'm winning this match. He ultimately does. He's yet to lose a first-round match this season. He's got Altmaier, Mackie, Ivashka, and Basilashvili in this section. I think it's a Kasmanovic coronation. Do as well. I think Kachmanovich and Falkina are, are those the two breakout players of the year? Like the two surprises of the year? 
Mm, Fritz has had a, Fritz has Fritz, been more significant than Davidovich Fritz from Kina. No, I just mean like I. But with Fritz, we saw it coming. I feel like with these two guys, I didn't know that Kachmanovich had another level, and I definitely didn't think Falkina was gonna just like continue to just put more firepower into his game and. We I didn't get, see it coming. We get a lot of things wrong at Cracked Rackets. We circled Kasmenovich at the end of December as one of our must-watch players of the year because it was like a make-or-break wow. season for him after the struggles of last year, and he's made it. Um, no, he's definitely the question. Mm, I don't know if Davidovich Fokin— Like, he's got to do more than he, Monte Carlo. because he, 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 really, he made the yeah. quarterfinals of the French last year. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. So, so Fritz gets a nod. Okay. Yeah, right. that's why I would go Fritz over him or Kokonakis, just what he did month yeah. one of Australia. Like, that was nuts. Uh, a storyline we've all forgotten about, but, like, it was that's nuts. Um, yep. All right, bottom section of the draw. Casper Ruud. You've also got guys who've been playing well. Alex Mulcan, uh, who made the final a couple weeks ago. Uh, you've got Botik Vandesenskulp as your eight seed in this section. Nakashima's in this section as well. I need to see something from Casp. Like, uh, this should be two guys fighting to be like, hey, we can win the French Open. This needs to be a Zverev Rude final, I think, for both guys. I think, and I, and I think the draws will, I, th- I think they have fairly comfortable draws for being, yeah, yeah. I think I think you can see both of them having a pretty nice pathway to uh, being pretty healthy by the final. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, with all of that said, again, that's your action in Munich. Who are you taking to win the title? I, th- I think so. Zverev beats Rune. I think he gets to the final, and I think we're going to see that Casper Rude matchup. I'll take Zverev seven six in the third. I think I, I, I think yeah seven six in the third for Zverev. Uh, I don't know. It's I, I think I think one of those guys are winning. I'll go alternate you just so we're different. I'll take Rude seven six in the third. That's fine. Like I, I agree. It's, it's, it's I think that's the final. Kachmanovich is playing. You got him going to the semis. I do. I think he's going to get to the semis easily. Like I think he's got the easiest path to get there as well of yep. this section. Like it's pretty open. That uh, other semi. That other semi. That other semifinal was interesting. I, they're all. I mean, again, Kachmanovich Rude would be fascinating. I think all the permutations on the t- again top half of the draw better in both Munich and Estoril, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. With that said, again, that's your tennis point Tuesday. For all of you listeners, any final thoughts, Nate Dog, on this week's ATP action? I think we covered it, man. We'll, we'll yeah. be on. We'll be back on here soon. And I think what just the tour was gearing up. We need to get Rafa back, but French Open is. I'm excited for clay court season. It's, it's been I, Rome. We have Rome coming up. So much, so much good action. So yeah, yeah 100 percent. Madrid starting later this week for the women as well. And again, yep. we will cover all that action here on the Mini Break Podcast as Not it unfolds over the course of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And again, for all of the latest and greatest equipment and products available in the tennis world, go check out the website tennis-point.com. Use our promo code CR15 at checkout if you want to see our visit to Tennis Point HQ. You can watch both our conversations with Nate, Dave Limke, but also our tour over on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. And a shout out, as always, by the way, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos, who, as always, has a f- event any job to do and makes us look better than we actually are, of course. With all of that said, college coverage coming up this week on the GSP. Everything available at the website, crackrackets.com. But for my fantastic co-host here on Tennis Point Tuesdays, Nate Walworth, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Nate Dog, what do we tell our listeners? That's the break. And we will see you all next week. Thank you as always, Nate. Yep, talk soon.